I'll let you in on a secret about who I am. I have five names. It's very special. <laughs> I, uh, I almost said sir. I'm not a sir, but I said sir Sophia. Uh, Sophia Noel. That one's a little normal. I've got Ruth Fern. Uh, ooh, is right, yeah. McCary. So... Yeah, when I was, my, my maiden name was Stuart, and so growing up, my initials were S-N-R-F-S, so people would call me Snurfs. <laughs> so Vince, Vince ruined my nickname now. Snurf doesn't really work as well. Uh, anyway, yay. Hi, everyone. I barely survived this week and came. Vince was like, you're speaking if I have to bring you in a wheelbarrow and put you up there and pull you back out. I was, I was uh, sick all week, and I, it wasn't pretty. I was very sick, and Vince made sure to remind me it was in sickness and in health because it was not pretty sickness, and I looked trashed. <laughs> I didn't shower for like five days, and I was just, it was bad. Uh, but I'm back. I'm alive. We had to call Mama Vera, our reinforcement person in, and she prayed me back to resurrection, and uh, so I'm here. I'm here. Um, I'm going to pray really quick. I have some really like, specific prophetic words that I want to share with you guys before I get into the topic of prayer, so we're just going to pray. Jesus, thank you so much uh, for your word. Thank you, God, for speaking to us and through us. And Jesus, we just invite, um, Jesus, I, I give up myself, and I just say, God, unto you. Everything is unto you, Jesus. And that whatever uh, you choose to speak through me, God, we ask that it would uh, just make a huge impact in our hearts, in our spirits, and in the land. We thank you, God, that everything that happens in here sends vibrations out to the land and uh, to the atmosphere. So God, we love you so much. We honor you and we cherish you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, first, I just want to, I want to address really quick. A couple weeks ago, we prayed over uh, people to be set free from some stuff. And I want to circle back on that just for a second and tell you guys, encourage you, if some of you felt like God did something in you that day and he freed you and then a week later, two weeks, three weeks, however long it's been, if temptation or if something has come up, I want to tell you that that doesn't mean you're not free. Freedom means that you have now the ability that you didn't have before to say no. When before, when you weren't free, it felt like it was impossible to say no. It felt like it was impossible to overcome it and you were shackled by it. When you're free, Stuff will still come, and stuff will still mess with you, and say you're not free because you're having these thoughts, or you're not free because uh, you have this temptation, but you're free because you can say no. That, that ability to say no and that ability to resist is actually freedom. It's actually God, God freeing you is, is uh, enabling you with power and with authority over things. And so I just want to remind you guys, if, if stuff starts coming up, Say no. 
and just and encourage yourself that the fact that you feel the strength to say no when other times you couldn't say no, that means that God's freeing you. So, okay, that's that. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so in December, just a couple months ago, December of 22, I, I had a dream. Um, and in the dream, I was releasing this prophetic word, and God didn't allow me to release it until today. So it's for a reason and for whoever is in here. It's you, you've come for, not, not because of what I'm, me, but you're coming to hear something uh, from God for the, for the year. I, felt, I feel like this is a, a word for 2023 and on. I feel like it's a season, and we don't know how long seasons of the Lord lasts. Sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's like a decade. Like I don't, I don't know the timing, but I know that it begins now. And so the word is... Uh, in the book of Joshua, uh, this Joshua, God, Joshua now has taken over Moses' job to lead the people into the promised land. And so Joshua, they've been going and <laughs> it's like just the craziest battles and really cool military like strategy. I love God was speaking to Joshua and would tell him how to do ambushes and how to overcome cities, and it's really amazing. But Joshua and the Israelites are just conquering the multitudes of, of people and lands and kings and, and all of, you know, all of uh, these places. And God tells them very specifically, every time you go in and you conquer a place, leave everything that they have. Don't take any of their treasures for yourself. Don't take their livestock, their, uh, their gold, their silver, their iron. Like, don't take anything. Just leave it there. And, in fact, one time, someone did take it, and they got killed in a really brutal way because God, God, told, jo- uh, God told them not to take it, and he took it. Um, but then comes one battle where God tells Joshua, go in, and you're going to overcome them like you have overcome all of these other ones. But this time, take anything that you want. Take all the gold and silver for yourself. Take their livestock. Take their cattle. Take everything, and it's going to support your people, basically. And so the word for now is I, I saw the Lord sending us out, and he says it's the time to take back everything that the enemy has stolen plus some. Everything that you feel has been ripped away, and we're not just talking about like earthly treasures, but things in your life. Maybe some of you have, like me, were quieted down because of life circumstances, and what God had put inside of you was dimmed down a little bit. Maybe it was your joy, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's family reconciliation. Who knows what it is, but God says it's time to go to take back aggressively, take it, because now it's like there's a grace where the Lord is saying it's yours now. It was in the enemy's hands for a while, but now he's saying now it's yours. Go and take it. Go and take it back plus some. And the plus some is actually, um, it's actually things that you've never had before. It's new things. 
It's not like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go and take back uh, my family that my family is going to be reconciled because I'm going and taking back the division and going and bring, bringing back peace to my family. I'm going to go bring that back. And then he's saying, now go bring joy back too. You didn't have joy before, but now you can. So there's this incredible grace that God is giving to the church, that God is giving to his people to go. But I want to say something. He reminded me of the prophet Elijah when Elijah fought um, got scared of the threats of Jezebel, and he, like, he went in the cave. I love this. He, or he went and slept under a tree, and he was like feeling sorry for himself. And he's like, I might as well be dead because I'm no good and all of these things. And an angel appeared before him with bread and water, and, he, and the angel was like, eat and drink because you need this for your journey. Now go. It was like, that's enough. That's enough of this. We're not going to be sad or feel sorry for this season anymore. Like, let's go. And so there's actually like an action that is supposed to be a part of this word as well. Um, God didn't say, oh, I'm giving all of these things back to you. Like, you know, here you are. But he's saying, okay, here's the bread and water. You have what you need to go. Now go. And it's all yours. And when you take it, you've got it. And so I just encourage you guys. Uh, within prayer, so I can make my sermon on topic, in prayer, (laughs) uh, ask him. Ask him what it looks like to go back and take what the enemy has stolen. How many of you guys were in church in the 90s and you sing, I went to the enemy's camp and I, anyone, no one knows, May knows that song. There's this song we used to like get hyped to. It says, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. And everybody in the church would be like, he's under my feet. Like, that's what it is. It's like the, the rally. Like, it would rally everyone in the church to march around and say, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back. And really, that's what it is. It's like there's this there's this thing, read the book of Joshua, there's this powerful thing of God sending people out and giving them the authority to take and to possess and to have. And I want to declare over you today that whatever you take back will never again be stolen. And so Jesus, we just thank you for the season that you're giving the people of God the authority to not hide under trees anymore and to not be uh, go into caves of hiding anymore, waiting for something to happen, waiting for uh, gifts to return. But God, you're sending us out to accomplish and you're sending us out, God, to plunder Hell's Camp. And so Jesus, I just pray a boldness and a confidence, God, and a, a clear, uh, the clarity of hearing and seeing and a heart to understand, God, what we can take back for our own lives, God, plus more. And so, God, we thank you for the grace that is on this season. We thank you for the grace that is on us, Jesus. And we take it, God, uh, with great uh, humility and joy, what you're allowing your people to do, God. Amen. I... Um, <clears throat> I also want to say in that dream, I have to, I have to do this because the, the dream was, I'll just give you insight to, to how it came. The dream was actually me standing here releasing that word. And it was very detailed. And God said, don't release it yet. But there was a second part of the dream, so I'm going to do this, is that I said, may. 
the fire of God is going to come upon you like you've never experienced before, and he's getting ready to consume your entire life. Yeah. So Jesus, we just thank you and we release the fire of God over May, God, for a fresh baptism in your Holy Spirit, Jesus. We thank you, God, that dreams are going to come to life. I just see color coming back to your life. I see a, a vivid life that is coming back with, uh, who, with, with new things that you've never seen, with eyes to see and ears to hear, God. We thank you, God, for opening up. I see doors like swinging wide open in heaven that these these places that you've never gone before, they're just beginning to swing wide and you're marching through. They're confident and proud. And so, Jesus, we just thank you for what you're doing in May's life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Yay. All right. My next, I also want to just take the time. Elkin, I honor you. I didn't plan on doing this, but I'm, I'm so undone by your heart and the way that you've served us here in prayer and what you're bringing here. And you're the right person, and God is, like, super excited. I saw this picture of you where your legs turned into, like, roadrunner legs, like that cartoon roadrunner. <laughs> you were, like, like, so fast, like, so fast. And so we just thank you, God, for the acceleration of things that you're doing in Elkin's life, God, and, and just uh, how fast uh, his prayers move through kingdoms. God, both heaven and hell, how fast his prayers move through those kingdoms, God. So we just thank you so much for Elkin. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. The next word I want to release. Um, hmm. God, um, God showed me some people's hearts in here that um, that there was like a there's a new surrender in your hearts that's happening, and it's like that of first salvation. It's like that thing where when you first meet God, where you're like anything, Jesus. I'll do anything for you, wherever you want to send me. And how many of you have been in the presence of God and you, <laughs> you agree to things that he says, and then later when the presence like, comes off of you, you're like, what <laughs> did I just agree to? <laughs> like you're in his presence and you're like, this is awesome, I can do anything. And you, you know, God's like, okay, great, you know, go to, I don't know, go to Bucky's. <laughs> I just thought of your thing. <laughs> Um, but and you're like yes I'll go to Bucky's this is great and then and then later like you go back to your normal life and you're like oh gosh I, did I disagree to that why did I agree and, and you start to feel but I, 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 f I feel that there's a wave coming where people's hearts are turning back to that thing when you first got saved with the Lord or when you first started encountering God where you're like yes God I'll do anything I'll go to the ends of the earth God if that means your name goes further, I'll go. And it's about him, and it's not about us anymore. It's, it's that he's shifting the dream life of people from, oh, God, I think you've put these dreams in my heart so that I can be an astronaut so that I can save the aliens on the moon. Um, and, and it's like this thing of like, I, like, and it's excitement, and it's a thing that you em embrace and have spent years studying for or maybe working in a career to end up towards because it's a thing that you that 
that you have felt God has put in your heart, and it's not that it's wrong, but I see this new surrender coming where people are saying, God, unto you again, whatever you want, because I want you, and I want your name to be spread. I don't care what my life looks like anymore. And he's turning hearts, and people are saying yes to that. So for those of you that are saying yes to that, in the next six months, the Lord is going to mark you with something new. I saw him coming in here with a Sharpie, and he was marking the heads of people, and and he was writing an, an entire new destiny over your life. And you're like... This doesn't make any sense. I thought we agreed this many years ago that I was supposed to go this way. And he said, but are you willing to pivot? And if you're willing to pivot and you're going and you want to go this way, I'll set new things in front of you. And in fact, this way that you guys are going to go, in the next six months, he's going to start changing some like career paths. Some, some places you thought you were going, you and him, you're like, I thought we were sprinting this way. I did everything because you said I was going this way, and now he's asking you to go this way. It's okay. Go that way. There's going to be an incredible grace going this way. I feel like the turn is going to be the hardest part. The surrender and the turn and going into new places is going to be the hardest part. But once you're there, there's going to be a huge grace to go and to go and to go. And it's, it's going to be different. I just want to say that. It's going to be very different. And for those of you that will surrender the idea of what you thought God was going to use you in, he's going to do that. There's going to be a grace there. I, I say the word again, surrender. A huge surrender. Don't question, well, did I make all the right choices? God, I thought you told me when I was six that I was going to be an astronaut. So I went to this school and did this and did this and did this. Don't question that pattern. It's something new he's doing with his people. In fact, I feel like it's a shift because he's wanting to see who's going to, like, who's ready for the new that he's going to pour out on the earth. It's bigger than just us. It's like part of what he's doing across the globe. And, um, and it doesn't mean that you'll never get to be an astronaut, if that was your thing, using that as an example. It just means that for now, he's asking for a pivot. And so in the next six months, some of you will be marked with something very different than what you thought your path was supposed to be. I encourage you to say yes, because it will be better. Remember that the pivot will be the hardest part. The surrendering, it will be very uncomfortable. Um, here's an example. Growing up, I had, I've always had a huge heart for like the nations and for poor people, for orphans. And I, I remember even when I was little, like five and six years old, I would pray at night and I would pray for all of the homeless people on the street and the homeless dogs, of course. <laughs> Um, but, but that, that thing in me from when I was little was always there. And then when I started serving the Lord as a teenager and, and I started hearing from God as well as getting prophetic words from other people, a lot of it was about the nations and, um, about mothering. And so I'm like 15 or 16. I'm like, I'm going to be Heidi Baker. I'm going to move to Africa and live in huts. I don't care. Like I'll be dirty. I'll have lice. Like I'll, I'll just go and be with all of the kids. I'm going to be a mother to all of these children. And, 
And so anytime missions opportunity came up, I would go because I'm like, this, this must be it. So in college, I signed up. I um, had the opportunity where I was going to go kind of do underground mission work in Egypt. And I signed up and did all the training. And God was like, don't go. <laughs> like very strong. And I'm like, oh, but, but I'm supposed to. Like I've had a heart for the nations and for poor people and for kids. And he's like, don't go. So I didn't go. And then quickly a year later, uh, I, had a, I had opportunity to go to Mexico for a month with David Hogan and could have possibly gone there long term and moved there. And I went there for a month and like within the first day I was there, God is like, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I've got a month left. And then <laughs> so we're going to enjoy this month. God's like, don't, don't, this isn't what I have for you. And it was so confusing because my entire like God life, I had set my mind on God, this is what I'll do for you. And I was saying yes to something that I thought he was calling me to because I had passion for it. But he wasn't necessarily calling me to be a missionary, if that makes sense. I know one day I will be out in the nations. I don't know if, I don't think it'll be at a missionary capacity where I'm living among the people. Maybe. I have a long life to live. I'm going to live to be 100. That's my goal. Um, so... So who knows? But, but just, just an example of, of me starting my walk with God, saying, I have this passion in me. When I pray for these people, I weep and I cry and I, I just want to go and I want to help them. And so I, I spent time going this way because I was sure that that's where God was sending me. And then he was like, will you not do ministry? Will you quit all of that? marry a bald guy, have five kids, <laughs> and, um, and I said yes. And, and I also never thought I would ever be a pastor of a church, and then here I am. And so I was always like, I don't want to be in a church. I want to be outside of the church. I want to be, you know, and God's like, well, I need you to calm down and be in the church <laughs> for a little bit. So I want you guys to know that, that like, like, I'm just giving examples of what I saw with this word. Um, the, the places you were going with God before he was honoring because he loves you and he was honoring your sincerity. But some of you, he's going to mark you for the first time. When before you were going places with him because it's places you know that he wants to go, but maybe not with you, if that makes sense. Um, and so he'll be marking you. And so... I'm going to pray over that word and we'll get into this. So Jesus, we just thank you for all of the hearts that are in here. We thank you for all of the, these people that represent career paths, that represent um, schooling and training and families and, God, areas of their lives that they have prayed and given unto you, God, saying, God, if I, I'll do this with you. We'll walk arm in arm and we'll go this way. And, and God, for all of the places that people have dreamed of going, God, we thank you for a heart that is surrendered to you. And God, I thank you that you are going to be marking people and sending them in different places on different paths, different walks than what they had ever expected. But God, I thank you for the grace in the transition. And I thank you, God, for the grace in, in those open doors. And so, God, we submit ourselves to you humbly. Um, 
willing God to say unto you, Jesus, anything, anything, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Now, we can talk about prayer. <laughs> um, all right. Man. This is what happens. I've been saying to Jesus, I've been saying, actually, he, he rebuked me. I've been saying, I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I, I promise if you give me words, I'll speak them. And he said, don't promise, just surrender. So <laughs> don't promise anything to God because we'll break them. We're not perfect. We're human. So no promises to God, just, just surrender. But because of that, I had a dream last night again. <laughs> and in my dream, and I feel like we're all supposed to pray this together in your own life and in the city of Berkeley, I saw people um, in really, really dark, like desperate places. Um, and in those dark, desperate places, God would, and this, I know this dream wasn't just for me. That's why I'm including you guys. God would drop me in. So I would like be dropped into this dark place and I would speak to that place, and I would say, his light shines in the darkness. His light shines in the darkness. His light shines in the darkness. And he had me doing that, and that's intercession. So I want you guys to know that. That is, he, he woke me up three different times last night praying for different people and for different things. And that was one of the things that he would have me say over situations is his light shines in the darkness. And so that is, that is, I'm not speaking on intercession today, but I want you guys to know that intercession is God giving you something to bring to a place that you are not in. It's not your life. You're not interceding for your life, for someone else's life, or for another situation. And he's giving you what heaven says to that place. And your responsibility is just to say that and just to declare that. You don't need to add any of your own words. You don't need to do anything else. It's just that. And it doesn't mean that you have to sit in that dark place and like carry. Put a, he never asked me, hey, go there and pick up all their darkness and put it on yourself. He did that. But sometimes intercession can turn into that. I remember um, when I first, when God first started using me in intercession and he would show me some things, I would like be on the ground like wailing, like, <gasps> like sobbing over situations that he would have me pray over and none of them were my own situations. And I could feel the heaviness of that thing. I could feel the weight of it sometimes to where like my stomach would hurt and then it would it just, like, wasn't a fun prayer time. It was not like, I didn't come out of there being like, yeah, God's awesome. I love this. It was like, oh, that was heavy. Like, that was hard, God. And I would, like, dwell on that. Like, God, these people, these places, it's so hard. And, and I realized it's because I, I was taking on what Jesus had already taken on. And I wasn't praying from heaven's perspective. I was praying from my eyes. And my eyes saw the pain. My eyes didn't see what heaven saw. 
Heaven sees the victory. He sees the pain, but he also sees through the blood. I was seeing through my eyes. And so with intercession, to remember, we don't look with our eyes. We don't look like through our understanding. We look through his understanding. And so when he drops us into dark places, we don't have to say, oh, man, it's so sad here. It's, these people are depressed. These people are suicidal. Like, I, this is awful. This is sad. You say, no, his sh light shines in dark places. Heaven has its eye on you. Heaven's coming to you. And so intercession is bringing heaven to a place where heaven's not there yet. So I just want to encourage you guys, when you are praying for things, um, if it is your own situation, if you're praying for family, if, you're pray if someone has a prayer request, ask God, God, I want to pray through your eyes and not through my eyes. Because what I see is definitely not what heaven sees. What I see is like our very human compassion. It's good to move, to be moved by compassion, but make sure that compassion brings heaven and not just compassion. Because just compassion is weightless. You know, it doesn't do a lot. So, okay. Okay, now, now I'm done. Now I'm done with my own stuff. All right. Philippians chapter 4. I should have, we should have a clock up here because I feel like I just talked for a really long time. What time is it? I got 15 minutes. Perfect. Okay. All right. Chapter 4. All right. First, verse 6. All right. We're going to talk about prayer. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Say, overflowing gratitude. Yeah, your translation probably says with thanksgiving. With prayer. It says offering prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Um. So that's what, that's what I want to talk about. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? We're going to come back to this first. But when he says, how should we pray? Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, your kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. The holiness of God like the honor that we bring to God in prayer is everything. It's everything. In this, in, in this verse, um, in verse 5, it says, so don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, this says with, with everything, your faith-filled requests, do it with thanksgiving. When Jesus prayed, he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done, or thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Vince didn't know what I was going to speak on when he was praying about peace and anxiousness. Um, but this is something that I've really had to deal with in my life, is the anxious prayers to God, <laughs> where 
inside of you is not okay or something feels very urgent that needs to get resolved. And so you're like, oh, God, please do this. God, will you, Jesus. And you just, like, pray about this thing over and over again. But you're really just, like, talking to God about it through anxiety and not really dialoguing with him of saying, like, of, of almost willing to hear him. You have to slow down and calm down your life. And so I would always, like, do these anxious prayers. And I want to tell you guys, God's, God is so amazing and loves us, and he responds. Like, he responds to the person on the street who has never talked to him and says, God, if you're real, save me. And God comes and saves people. And so I want you to know when, when I'm talking about this or when we're talking about prayer, it's not like this, this like formula of, well, if you're not praying like this, you're doing it wrong. We're encouraging you to go to new levels with the Lord in maturity with prayer. Not saying that this is the only way to do it. We're not saying that if you don't do it this way, your prayers won't be answered. So I want to be clear on that. This is an invitation um, to just engage with Jesus, because that's what prayer is. Prayer is not like throwing things at God. It's a, it, it is a conversation. Um, but when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, it's him saying, like, let's deal with today. We're not going to talk right now about 10 years from now that you're worried about or tomorrow, right? The Bible is very specific of don't worry about tomorrow. Like Vince says, um, Vince said this morning. And so if we can stop and take a moment in prayer when we're praying to him and give him honor, the Bible says enter his courts with thanksgiving in our hearts, with praise. I will enter these gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I'll enter it. I have to sing the song to remember the verse. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his gates with praise. It's that thing of, God, I'm coming to meet with you. And so here's my key to open the door to your gates and, and into your throne room. It's thanksgiving and it's praise. And I'm coming to you to say, before I throw my list of things I want done, I'm coming to you to say, first, God, you're holy, and you're worthy, and you're wonderful, and I honor you. I adore you. It's coming, it's coming with exaltation. It's coming with thankfulness of, God, I'm coming, and I actually have the bravery to come before you because I'm thankful for what you did yesterday or what you did the day before, or what you did five years ago, or maybe it's even as simple as, I'm thankful that I'm here today. It could be very simple, but to come to him with the honor that honor is due, it's really easy when you've been living with God for a long time and you have seen things happen in your life when God has moved through you and when God has done things for you, it's really easy to get kind of an entitlement thing with God. My kids often will come up to me and say, I'm thirsty. I'm like, okay, are you going to ask for something to drink instead of just telling me you're thirsty? <laughs> and so then they'll say, 
may I please have a drink of water? Of course you can have water. I would gladly get it for you. And, and I feel like we get to that comfort level with God where we go to him and we're like, God, I need you to do this. God, do this in my life. God, save this person. God, and it, the, the intention is right of wanting God to move in your life, but I think that it's very necessary that we always give honor where honor is due in a, in a reverent way. Like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord says, God, I'm taking a moment to say you're way bigger than I am. And I honor you for that. You don't have to grant any of my requests. But if you're willing, and he's always willing. We read that in the Bible. But that moment of saying, God, like, I, love, I love the scripture of who am I that you are mindful of me. And it's a really beautiful thing because it tells us he is mindful of us. And we know that. But it's, this, it's, it's the right honorary system of who are we, God, that you're coming down into my life to do what you want and to do what we ask. But it's putting him back up like way, way high. And... And it's through, it's, it's, it's through thanksgiving. And I, I want to I say in this verse, uh, when it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, offering your faith-filled requests. So that's, that's like the second part is we're going we're gonna to go before God. We're going to say, God, you are awesome. You are really big. I revere you. I love you. I honor you. And we, we just spend some moment of like actually really, really giving him what he is due and sometimes, you know what's amazing is sometimes that might be, you might get so caught up in that, that your prayer requests, you realize that they're actually not as urgent and as big of a deal as you think. Because what happens when you start engaging with God that way and making him big, you're like, oh, this actually isn't that big of a deal because now I see you and you're re you've got it. You're really big. I'll tell you, when I started encountering angels, I never once asked them for something. I was so undone by the power and the presence of God that they carried that I could not do anything but worship. And to say, God, you're so holy. You're so good. Angels didn't come and talk to me and show up at my house and I said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Can you please save my brothers? Can you please heal my back? Can you please do this? It was like, oh, God, you're here. You're amazing. You don't have to do anything for me, but if I could just be in your presence, that's enough. Because you're so good. And to get to that place where that's what it's all about. I know Vince, last week, his word was so good. Listen to it on the podcast if you weren't here. I listened to it on the podcast. It was so good. He talked about what happens when we pray, when Moses changed God's mind because God wanted to destroy the people and start over, and Moses prayed on their behalf. So I'm not belittling praying and, and turning things. I just want to take it back to 
to the purpose of who God is first. And removing the entitlement from saying, God, I'm thirsty, (laughs) to saying, Jesus, will you please give me some water? And putting the fear of God and the reverence back into our prayer life rather than the little kid demands. Um, And the faith-filled request. So when Jesus says, give give us this day our daily bread, and when he says, throw your faith-filled request, but he says, there's, there's, a, there's a system. Again, this is not a formula, but it's a good practice. We're praying. We're saying, God, you're awesome. You're worthy. And then we're also saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Something also that I have learned to go through out of my anxious prayers is to not pray what I think should happen. Because I'm not that smart And I am not, I don't have eyes to see everything. I don't have eyes to see down the road. I don't have eyes to see the condition of other people's hearts. I don't have eyes to see uh, what doctors see. I I don't know it all. But he does. And so to be mature and to say, okay, God, here's this topic. I obviously don't know what to do with it or I wouldn't be coming to you. So I'm not going to ask you to handle it in my way. I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to throw my faith-filled request, (laughs) full of faith, saying that you're bigger than I am, you know more than I am, you're powerful and I am not. And I'm going to throw it up to you and say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on my earth as it is in heaven. So whatever heaven wants to do about this, I give you permission and I say yes. And a lot of times he'll be like, oh, awesome. Do you want to be a part of it? Yes, Jesus, I want to be a part of it. And then he'll like, give you ways. And he'll give you um, ways to participate to change that situation. I will say this. Almost, unless I'm praying for other people, if I'm praying for something in my life that I want God to do, and I say, your will be done, and then he asks <laughs> if I mean it, and I say, yeah, whatever you want, Jesus, I, just do it your way. He's like, okay, and he, he changes something in my heart. He's like, okay, then I need this from you. Because this situation is actually affecting you because you're fearful or because your heart isn't right, or because you're offended. And so he doesn't always address the situation, but he addresses our hearts, and then the situation doesn't matter as much because our hearts are changed. Um, there was a time when I, I've told the story of how I was healed of a nerve disease, um, but in the height of it, when I had just been diagnosed and the pain was excruciating, the pain actually... Uh, Stephen knows of, Dr. Stephen knows of this thing. They say like on the Richter scale of pain that this disease that I had was the highest level of pain you could ever feel in your life. Worse than childbirth. And I've had natural childbirth and Vince could tell you. It's not, it's not easy. Um, and so this nerve disease that I had was like the highest form of pain that like a human body could experience. So it was very intense. 
And during that time, it was like the first couple months of being diagnosed, it was awful. And that's all Vince and I could talk to God about. He would come home from work, and I'd be on the ground, and I'd be in pain, and I'm on all this medication, and doing all kinds of therapy, and nothing was working, and Vince would come home from work. I don't even know if he would eat. Like, I don't even remember eating dinner. He'd come home from work, and we'd sit on the ground and, like, cry out to God together, and we would just be crying and asking God to heal me, and um, (laughs) God never responded about our healing. He started talking to us about, like, really amazing things that he wanted to do on the earth, (laughs) and we're like, cool, I'm so happy for those people you want to bless. (laughs) But I'm in pain, you know. And every time, God was like, let me me show you what I want to do in the nation of Africa. And we would see some things happening in in place. We don't even know what countries in Africa. He would just take us to these places, and we would see, and we would pray for these people, and, and we would be overwhelmed by God. We were just... We would be overwhelmed by his presence that would come into us, but then the presence would go, and I'm like in agony, in misery. Now, did he hear our prayers? Yes. How do I know that? Because I'm healed. I'm healed. It took four years, four, three, four years, but I'm healed. But in that time, it was us having to surrender and say, God, you're really big. Here's our faith-filled prayers. Do with it as you want. We really want you to heal me now. He didn't heal me now when I was urgent, when I was like banging on heaven's door with a hammer, being like, I know you can heal. (laughs) Give it to me. He wanted to show us how big he was and how beautiful he was. And it brought us to this place where we're like, God, if you don't heal me, we, we love you. And you're amazing. And we know what you have for us. And um, so the, the, the faith of giving God something and not getting what you think is best. Not getting what you think you need. It's a huge thing of faith. It's a huge thing of, of who God is and you just saying, God, that's enough. Whatever you want to talk to me about this time in prayer, it's enough because I know that you hear me. I know that you know what I'm going through and what I'm feeling and what I'm asking for. And so I'm going to let you do that. And I'm just going to be here with you. But to get out of the, you owe me. And I want to tell you guys, I've had that (laughs) very recently, like a year ago. I was already a pastor here. I'm supposed to be so holy. And I had this moment with God where I'm like, like when, like this frustration with God where I, it was like I wanted a certain, like I wanted justice. Like I felt like there should have been a relief from the onslaught of like hard things that were coming out of our life. And I, I felt like God owed it to me. In a way, now I never verbalized those words, but the way that I was behaving in prayer was saying that. It was like, do this for me because you love me. And I'm like, and I learned very quickly, God will not be manipulated through prayers. He will not answer 
If some of you have been going through something for a long time or a situation that you feel like has had no rest, I urge you to ask God, God, have I really given this to you with a pure heart? Or am I actually hindering my release from this because of my position towards you? It's a really harsh reality. Because I was, <laughs> he speaks to me a lot in the kitchen. I was in the kitchen making coffee. I love coffee. And I was this, I was, I didn't even realize my heart position towards God. But the way that I was praying was like, where we might think, oh, we're being so faithful and bold in our prayers. It's actually this entitlement thing. And he came to me so strong and he said, I don't have to answer another one of your prayers for the rest of your life. I'm God. And it was like that moment where you jump and you're like, I'm so sorry. You're right. You don't, you don't have to. And it was this very sobering thing of where my heart had been so calloused to the beauty of God and to what he had done for me for so many years. I thought that this long testimony of what he had done in my life gave me the right to say, God, you owe that to me every single time. Instead of it being this long thing where I could come to him with thanks, thankfulness and praise. I should have had that list and just bring it into the courts of heaven every day giving my thankfulness to him but instead it turned into this thing of man I've had all this stuff I've, I've had five of my kids almost die in my womb I've had this disease I've had this disease I've had this family issue and this family issue like can you just help this situation now I've had so much can you just fix this one it was with this posture and he rebuked me and have any of you been rebuked by God because it's awful <laughs> in the best way it's awful because it's so sobering and you're like wow I am so very human and we can get to a place where we're so comfortable with God and we're so comfortable in our giftings and our anointings and and how God talks to us and when we pray things happen and all of this stuff that that uh, we've walked with God with forever and we get really comfortable and then he comes and and tells you to calm down and to revere him. But for us to go to the places, have any of you guys watched the Asbury stuff on, on uh, YouTube? This is what I love about it. It is young people, totally young people, who aren't pastors, aren't teachers, aren't prophets. I mean, they are. They just don't know it yet. They're not operating in it. But you know what I mean. They're not like these powerful evangelists that came and sparked a revival in a college campus. It's these kids that are just like, I want more of God. And they had no agenda. And they had no, like, I know what I'm doing here. The presence of God fell, and I watched this one testimony of this young guy who had given his life to God a year and a half ago, and he was like, I'm so honored to be here. And I really think that that is what's going to spark the stuff that we've been crying out for. It's not a room full of mature Christians that have walked with God for 10 plus years that are really good at praying and prophesying. It's a heart 
that says, God, anything for you, just to be in your presence, anything, anything. When Jesus called the disciples, he said, follow me. Let go of everything. Leave your home. Leave everything. And they came. And it's that, like, radical thing that he's calling us to again. When, when I said in the next six months he's marking some of you, it's because hearts are changing. And his presence responds to a heart that says, God, all that I want is you. I don't care if you answer these 20 prayer requests that I've been praying for the past five or 10 years. If it's not your will, I don't care. I just want you. God, would you give us the heart, God, of hunger to not care, God, about anything but you. Jesus, to know that whatever you have for us is better God, the hunger, the hunger, God, to not want to do miracles and signs and wonders so that it can feel awesome or so we could brag about it, but God, to say that your name is spreading to the ends of the earth and that, God, people would experience what we've experienced, the love, God, that you have overtaken us with. And so, God, I give you permission as, as mother of this house, I give you permission, God, to come in and to move our hearts with the fear of the Lord, to say that, God, you are big and you're all that matters. And we just thank you, God, for what you're doing here. We thank you, Jesus. I'm going to end with uh, this. The first week that I was in here in prayer, it might have just been last week that I was in here for prayer two weeks ago. When we were in prayer at 9 a.m., God says, you don't understand what this is doing. And he showed me the spirit realm. And I want you guys to know the spirit realm is so real, man. It's more real than this. I remember... Uh, I'll go back to that. Vince's mom, she, I, I so admired her. She's in heaven, but I so admired her when I was younger. I remember people saying about her, oh, Sue is so heavenly minded that she's no earthly good. And I remember being 16 and being like, that doesn't make sense. If she's so heavenly minded, then she's so earthly good. <laughs> because she was just all about the presence we would be in high school and she would let the second half of classes be canceled for the kids that wanted to stay and pray in chapel. And we, like, we had amazing moves of God because of that. And I, I, I remember this very vividly. I'm going back to what I was just praying for. Of she had cancer and she went through chemotherapy and she had lost her hair, and she was wearing a scarf, and we were at a conference at another church. Heidi Baker was there, and the presence of God was amazing, and she went to the front, and there was thousands of people there, and she went to the front, and she took off her scarf, 
and she started dancing before the Lord. And all of us high schoolers around her like fell to our faces because it was the most beautiful expression of this is all that I care about is honoring my King Jesus. It was like that's who, that's who she was, that she was known for how much she loved Jesus. And for that to be a thing in you to say, God, I just want to be known for how much I love you. And when people look at me, they say, oh my gosh, Nicola loves Jesus so much. It's crazy. It's amazing. Look at the way May worships. She's enamored with God. Look at the way they talk to their friends. They love Jesus. Look at the way they talk about people that hurt them. They love Jesus. And so when I was in prayer, God was saying, you don't understand what's happening. And he showed me in the spirit realm, and he showed me the darkness that, was, that has legally been here. When I say legally, I mean in the spirit, has had permission to be here. Dark spirits has had permission to be here because people have embraced it and have welcomed it. And I saw all of these dark spirits, and they were like laying down, chilling, slumbering. And, I, and we started praying, and when we started praying, they all rose up. And they were alert. And it was like something is finally coming to challenge what has been here for decades. I don't know how long. I know the 1960s for sure. I don't know how long before that Berkeley was known for what it's known for. But I want you guys to know, and Vince said, what we're doing in here, it's not like little. It's a really big deal. There's spirits, ter- like spirits that have resided here that have been, comf- been comfortable because they have had the right to be here. But we come in and we're praying. And there's a movement, a prayer movement going on. And all of those spirits are like, oh, we're being challenged. But I want you to know they also know that their time is up. So it's not something to be scared of. I just want you to know that prayer in this house in your life is so significant that if there's areas of your life that have been dormant and slumbering because dark stuff is so comfortable in your life, your prayer life is going to wake it up. And when that stuff wakes up, give God permission. Say, yes, God, whatever is coming up in me that feels a little wild and a little weird, I give you permission to throw it out. So there's my other other thing. Okay, I'm going to stop. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord. I bless every heart that is in here. I pray, God, that this week, God, as we come into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise, God, that we would really meet with the King, God, that a reverence would come back to our lives, God, that um, I pray, Jesus, that the presence would start to open up in people's homes that they had never experienced before. I pray, God, that people would have dreams that have never been dreamers before. God, I pray that this prayer life that we are uh, just endeavoring to go deeper in God, that it actually brings new things in our lives that we had never thought or imagined, Jesus. So we thank you, God, for the words today. We thank you for the worship. Jesus, we love you so much. Amen. You're free. You're free.